Hello, I'm Emma Rice, the Artistic Director of Wise Children, and you're listening to Wise Children's Lockdown. Our Lockdown Project is about us finding ways of staying close to each other. On this show, I call up an old friend, play some records, and most importantly, get to chat and reminisce. Come and join us for Tea and Biscuits. Hello and welcome to Wise Children's Lockdown Tea and Biscuits. And today I'm talking with the wonderful Mirabelle Grimaud. Hi, Mirabelle. Hello, Emma Rice. Um, so first of all, where are you? Paint me a picture. Tell me how your lockdown is going. Um, I have to say that the lockdown is treating me pretty well, to be honest. I'm back home in Switzerland <laughs> in a lovely town called Fribourg. And uh, I've got a flat for myself, actually, because my family had a spare flat that was empty for this period of the year. So I have a flat for myself, which is probably the first time in a, in a long, long time. So I'm very, I'm very happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So you're actually, you've got a home. I do. Yeah. Oh, because yes. we'll talk about that later. But you're a, you've been on tour with me for many months so you're used to not knowing where your home is and also you you divide your time between Switzerland and England yes yes that's what I normally do yeah so you're a nomad <laughs> a little bit yeah it's the first time I'm in, in the same bed for that long you know I, I'm used to touring and even like traveling and so it's never the same bed and now it's a bit strange because every night I'm in the same place <laughs> I, it's the same for me we're so we're so used to travel aren't we I'm I'm worried that I'm going to get used to routine I'm going to get used to my comforts <laughs> we'll never want to go out again no um and as this is tea and biscuits what is your choice of biscuit virtual or real oh god this has to be virtual today but I'd say um I don't know the name in English, and I don't even know if you have that in England, but it's a biscuit from my childhood, which is in the shape of a, a, a shell, mm-hmm. a quillage, and it's uh, just not very healthy, just sugar, <laughs> and probably not a lot of chocolate, but it's brown just for the colour, uh, and they call it little shells, or little um, bear, like the foot of the of the bear. Oh, a paw, a little paw. Yeah, a paw, a paw, that's it, that's it. And what does it, and tell me what the word is in, in Swiss, in your language. Uh, so, coquillage is shell, ou uh, pâte d'ours, which is paw. Oh. Of the... <laughs> <laughs> but if I buy the whole thing, I'm going to eat it. And because I'm just by myself, I don't want to do that. Because <laughs> I have one or two, but I cannot stop if I've got the whole thing, so... It's better for me to have a virtual one today. <laughs> <laughs> I know the feeling. Um, so, um, I wanted to talk to you for lots of reasons, but the main reason is you are my original wise child, Mirabelle. <laughs> so, we met um, for the production of Wise Children, the first production that my company made, and um, I found it very hard to cast this part. I wanted somebody to play young Nora... Um, I knew that I wanted them to be quite small. I wanted them to be special. 
and wanted them to be able to sing. I got it into my head that I might want an acrobat or somebody special. And I also wanted somebody who wasn't white, ideally. And I set out to find this person and we looked and looked and nobody came and we looked and looked and nobody came. And one of the things I've learned in life is if you are trying to find somebody special, they are there. If you keep looking, you will find them. And I was almost at the end of my search. I was almost at the end of thinking this was possible. And you walked through the door and I say it to other people, but it's true. It's such a instinctive thing, a casting. And you walked in and I, you know, you fall in love. It's like a speed date. And I knew you were my Nora. And and here you are as my friend as well. But as I say, you're my original wise child. But talk to me about your very unusual performer and your journey is quite unusual so talk to me about what happened to bring you into that room on that day <laughs> um it's so funny because i've uh so i've just do you want me to say quickly what i've studied and all of that yeah or, tell me about yeah. tell me your story okay so i well i'm a child who tried like a lot of things because my grandmother was a was a dancer and she was like you need to try because you're an artist she was saying and i was kind of rebelling against that saying no the only thing i want to do is going outside and playing the field but she was very um very strict so she made me try a lot of things and the first thing i liked was uh the circus class after after school just having fun with other kids jumping around trying to go upside down and that's when it started I think and that made me that never left me really this upside down sensation and I'm quite addicted to that <laughs> still today and I, so I've, I can I can verify that Mirabelle is more often than not upside down rather than the right way up <laughs> I think like my brain is not going to work if I don't go upside down at least once a day <laughs> I, I need that inversion in order to be able to function um but yeah then i when i took it seriously is when i did my uh, ba in physical theater in switzerland which was a lovely a lovely school with a lot of different disciplines such as acrobatics dancing a bit of mime improvisation um voice rhythm loads of uh, things that you can find in any art form on stage and so that's when I um, decided that I wanted to do this as a profession. But Switzerland was not exciting enough for me, so I decided to come to London and did a year of dance training at the Laban Centre, which was uh, which was nice. It was very different. Um, and then I started auditioning uh, in London. And for a long time, I had little contracts and very interesting jobs, but I wasn't really satisfied somehow. And so I was I was a bit bored as well of the fact that it was very, very competitive and very difficult to find my place. And so I started to work in a restaurant. And funnily enough, that's when I saw your your uh, call out for uh, young Nora. And I thought, oh, reading the description, I thought this is a bit like me, but, you know, no pressure. Just send your material and see if they invite you. And then you did. And... I remember that day was amazing, this audition. I just remember you telling me, show show us what you've got, something like this. I had like two minutes to do whatever. And I, that was so great, just having this freedom of being like, okay, if I have two minutes, what do I do? And so, yeah, that, that's how I ended up 
performing my little number in front of you. <laughs> oh, and my goodness, when I say show me what you've got, I mean, you have so much. But let's, um, I know this is going to take us into your first record choice. So tell me about your first piece of music and why. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> well, simply because we're in, we're in that uh, little moment in time, the audition. This is the song I did for my audition with you. And it's also one of the song In Wise Children, uh, readapted by Ian uh, Ross. But I just, um, there was this choice of songs that you did put in the call out being like, if you want to sing one of these songs, feel free to do whatever. And I didn't know that song at the time, but from the moment I started to listen to it, I was like, this is great. This is exactly what I love. It's jazzy, it's funny, it's a bit swingy. I, I just really loved the song. And so I was with my little ukulele because I'm not really a ukulele player. I just you know, pretend. <laughs> a little bit uh, but I, I had a lot of fun actually just trying to do a cover of this song and every time I hear it I remember the audition so it's always going to stay with me I think so here it is Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby which is the song that we met to Time we have a date, but I love her. Yes, I love her. I'm gonna walk right up to her gate and see if I can get it straight. Cause I want her. I'm gonna ask her. Is you, is or is you ain't my baby The way you're acting lately makes me doubt You're still my baby, baby Seems my flame in your heart's done That has always been strange Just when you're sure of one You find she's gone and made a change Is you is or is you ain't my baby Maybe baby's found somebody new
it's the coolest, most beautiful track. And um, I, I will never forget you singing because you, you use that expression, show me what you've got, which is always what I want to see when I meet an actor because I just want to know who, who this human being is in that walks into the room. But I will never forget because you also, you moved and you played the ukulele and you... You did things with your body that I've never seen. You went upside down and you rolled and you're so beautiful as well in every inside and out. And your voice is unlike any other voice I've ever heard. So, I mean, I will, it was absolutely love at first sight, at first hearing, uh, all the senses just fizzing. And I think it was mutual. I mean, that room was amazing. Yes, I remember you asking me, because when came the moment when I had to sit down and you were just like, oh, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. I was like, oh God, Mirabel, say something intelligent. And then you asked me, do you think you're going to stay in England? And I was like, oh, this is a great question. <laughs> I really liked it. I thought it was very spontaneous. And that was exactly what I was able to give, you know, spontaneity rather than any kind of constructive speech about myself, which I never really did oh, what a horrible word constructive <laughs> and what a beautiful word um, spontaneous is because that is it's what it is isn't it is we make theatre that when we're allowed to be together it's human beings fizzing off each other and it was a really fizzy meeting and um, Nigel Lilly the musical director was in that audition um, with me to, to check how musical people were and it was without beyond <laughs> doubt that you were musical and when he turned to me after you left and he said well she's an event <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I always think about you which is yeah Mirabel is indeed an event so there was no doubt you were my Nora at that time you were the youngest member of the company the least experienced in terms of theatre in the sure. company you were sort of the baby of the company, but wow, what a performance and what an investment you made and what you brought to that show was so fabulous. So fabulous. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking all the compliments. I'm very... She's <laughs> grinning away at me going, yes, please. <laughs> so... In honour of that Wise Children Company, which obviously is going to be sort of so close to my heart for the rest of my life, um, I can't talk about your voice anymore. We need to hear it. So here's a bit from Wise Children. This is the Willow song, which is music by Ian Ross, lyrics by William Shakespeare. The poor souls outside by a sycamore tree. Corn I pro Sing Willow, Willow, Willow 
To be fair, I to die for his love. That was the Willow song from Wise Children. Music by Ian Ross, lyrics by William Shakespeare. You can hear the Wise Children Company singing um, the chorus and Mirabel Grimaud with your amazing, smoky, echoey voice um, singing the lead. I've never heard a voice like it, Mirabel. Tell me about your musical background and training. Um, I, I started as a kid studying the harp. Uh, when I was quite young, maybe eight or nine, and that's that's that was my first understanding of music. Uh, I didn't sing at the time; it was really just playing. And then, when I was a teenager, I I was a big fan of um, <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm not very proud of this, but we've all got our teenage um, passions, and so. I, I wanted to look like her, and so I started to take the guitar, and therefore started to sing a bit more. And then I realized, oh, I kind of like it, but but I didn't really push further um, until, yeah, maybe when I was like twenty, I I started to sing more, and I auditioned for a singing jazz singing class, and I got in, and so I did a year of jazz training. And that's when I really started to sing more and more and more, but never in a professional kind of way. It was always just for me, um, my family, my friends, but that's it. Um, and I think that that this uh, contract, the Wise Children one, is the first time I really, I really had the chance to sing in the professional way um, and taking it seriously and being like, okay, this is something I can actually do and I enjoy doing and I enjoy repeating as much as the other things I do. So, um, yeah, and then I, I really learned from, well, from you, from Ian, from all the other actors uh, that were really beautiful singers and very experimented as well. So, yeah, I'd say <laughs> that, that that's so distinctive. Right? It's such a distinctive voice. But take me back a little bit to your harp, because am I right in thinking it was also your grandmother who suggested you play the harp? <laughs> a little bit. Your grand sounds a bit amazing because she described you as an artist, which is what you are, and she encouraged you to move and to play instruments. So talk to me a little bit about your background and your heritage because you've got a very unusual background. So my 
uh, well, my, my mother was Swiss and my dad uh, is African. And I've never met the dad and my mother was uh, uh, sick, ill. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with my grandparents and she was a dancer and my grandfather was a mime. And so since a young age, I had that kind of like amazing reality. Yeah, I could see them rehearse and listening to music all the time. They were taking me to museums. They were really stimulating me towards an artistic uh, path. Um, but yeah, everything was um, was very, I don't know, at, at the same time easy and at the same time uh, strict, as I was saying before, because my grandmother was a, a, a dancer, so a ballet dancer, so she had that discipline and kind of sometimes in a kind of a suffering way that you, you need to be involved and you need to push harder and go further and there's no there's never the perfection you, you never get there you always tend to work towards a sense of perfection but you never you're never happy about yourself because that's where it, it ends in a way <laughs> and I still think that's very true but sometimes when I'm very happy about what I've just done I'm, I'm just thinking oh god no not now <laughs> I'm the opposite. I think you should always be happy with what you've done because everybody else is criticising you. You should, too. should be your own biggest fan because otherwise life crumbles. But I, I've witnessed your work ethic. And and when you talked about learning the harp, which is amazing that you learned the harp, you, she, she encouraged you to practice every day, which you continue to do, don't you? I Yeah, I kind of stopped during my childhood every loving you. <laughs> moment I was like oh the harp is quite old and it's not very trendy the guitar is much better and so <laughs> I kind of stopped uh, but then yeah then I missed it and obviously because I started as a young kid that was this is the instrument I can play more than any other any other instrument so it was a bit stupid to not do it and it's it's a bit it's not very common. I haven't really met a lot of other actresses or actors that can that can play. So that's also a nice card for me to give, being like, you know, I can do this, this, and I can do this. <laughs> you can imagine my delight when you come in and you're bendy and you're beautiful and you can sing anything and then you say, oh, and I play the harp. I'm like, yes, this is like my all my Christmases come at once. I can't leave my luck. <laughs> So, but I thank your grandmother, you know, you're you're a friend now and I, I've listened to you talk about your childhood and I think it wasn't all easy and I think you had to work very hard to get the skills that you've got and in my mind, in my heart, I um, it feels a little bit lonely as an only child with your grandparents playing the harp. Would that be right? Yeah, that was quite right. Yeah. I had my cat. Um. Oh, now I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I was doing everything with the cat but other than that it's true that I was a bit yeah I was I was very much in my own world which is also why the character I play in your second show Mall- Mallory Towers is, is perfect for me because <laughs> that's a bit what I, who I was as a child and so since there are little kids in a school then I just have to reconnect to certain sensations and here I am um. <laughs> well we'll come on to Mallory Towers later um, but I before we go on to your next song choice I want to thank your grandmother and your grandfather because the skills that you bring to the work are you know I'm hugely grateful for and, um, and personality too amazing uh, 
Um, what's your second song choice and why? Was it? It was the Shania Twain. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry. Um, yes. Why? So Shania Twain. Uh, Men, I feel like a woman. Why? Because um, this is this is the song to celebrate you. I think as a, as a person, but also, I mean, as a, as a director, because that's how I first met you. Um, because I think what you do, the work you do, and what you defend is such a great uh it's it's kind of a miracle for women especially in the art industry but also for any woman who comes to see your shows and the message that they get from from what you want to bring out of what a woman is and what a woman can do and i've got this kind of feeling that a woman can can do it can be anything when i when I work with you and when I see what you do and how you talk about it. And so this song for me is is one of the first songs I uh, I discovered as a child as well, of being like, oh yeah, it's great. I'm happy to be a girl and not a boy. <laughs> so yeah, it's to celebrate you and what you bring to women in general. Let's go girls.
Smiling and laughing, Mirabelle, because when I saw your song choices, I thought, oh, that's because Mirabelle's so much younger than me. I don't really know Shania Twain. And I thought, and I'm surprised that you chose that. I wasn't surprised with the Louis Jordan, but I was surprised at this. But I didn't know your reason, so I'm really touched. <laughs> and that's going to, I'm going to love that piece of music forever now. Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Oh, I think it took me a long time to um, claim the fact that I'm a woman and a feminist and I'm very very touched and proud to hear you say that so thank you (laughs) let's talk about Mallory Towers Um, another magic thing happened so Wise Children was this amazing big big company big ensemble you were fantastic and my next show that I was working on was Mallory Towers which is a quintessentially English story and I started looking for my company and I hadn't cursed it. I wasn't so. I wasn't a long way down. But in truth, I hadn't been thinking of you. And I think it's because you're Swiss, and um, and I, I just sort of hadn't. The penny hadn't dropped. And you wrote to me, which you do. It's one of the marvelous things about you. Is you you write. You're quite formal in your um, in, in the moments of life. You like to make a speech, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. You love to mark a moment. I feel so. Yeah, Mirabella at, at a company dinner is always the one who makes a speech. And you have to write me cards at key moments, which I treasure. I keep them. And you wrote me a letter, and you said I've loved working with you, and I would really like to work with you again. And I. And, and with that letter, I think I'd have come to it anyway, but with that letter, I went, of course, of mm. course, Mirabelle is my Irene. And at that point, she was called Irene Bartlett, and it's not a surname that I would associate with you. So we renamed <laughs> her Irene Dupont, um, and Irene became a Swiss musical schoolgirl at Mallory Towers. And I think you were one of my first bits of casting and it suddenly it changed everything. I knew that there would be this um, really profoundly diverse international company. You opened the doors to me seeing the cast in a different way. I knew that I'd have this amazing voice, that there'd be a harp um, and that there would be one girl that would be upside down more than she was (laughs) on her feet. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for marking the moment and for writing that letter, you know, that a a letter that arrives at the right moment is a marvellous thing. It's like a sort of a perfect dart of fate that comes into you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm very, I'm very happy that it, it worked. <laughs> no, but I think writing a letter is something that nowadays is something you don't really do as much uh, because you, it's much easier to write an email or whatever. But I think the time it takes. Um, really is worth it because then you don't the words are chosen differently I think and that's that's why I do I do this formal thing (laughs) (laughs) I love it I really really love it and and I think you're right it's quite rare you know you sort of I open a letter from you and I'm like oh gosh Mirabelle's written you know written to me and you you make a cup of coffee and you sit down and you read it it changes it changes the way you receive it as well and sometimes I look at it and I think I'm not going to read that now I'm gonna I'm gonna wait for a little bit of space because you you it's not a disposable transaction it's a it's a thoughtful transaction and yeah you remind me of that so talk to me about Mallory Towers Uh, um, did it have any reference to your experience schooling childhood at all this Enid Blyton world of Britishness (laughs) 
Um, well, I've, I've, uh, I read The Famous Five as a kid. That was quite a popular book, even, even here. So when I saw Any Blyton, I thought, oh, wow, I remember these stories. And they, um, they were very present in my childhood and with my friends in the neighborhood who were like talking a lot about, about these little kids. Um, and, you know, sometimes you play a game. So we, we played that we were in the world of the famous five. Uh, because they had so much adventures and so that was a yeah that 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 was very these are very good memories um but uh, Mallory Towers I, I didn't really know about <laughs> these stories and I have no idea of what it means to be in a boarding school because this is something that Switzerland doesn't really have um or maybe, but it's like for very, very privileged kids, and it's it's not a common thing that you do, and it's it, it's not even in the mentality of the parents to say, "I'm going to send my kid, uh, my 12 years old kid, to the school." And so that that was a bit strange for me, and it was very interesting when we first had the chat last year. Uh, well, yeah, or two years ago, sort of, <laughs> with the cast. Uh, of certain certain actresses that had been to boarding schools and they were talking about things that for me were <gasps> I was very impressed um, because it just changed your childhood completely if you're 12 and you're on your own with other kids in a castle somewhere in the countryside <laughs> so yeah that's that's uh, that was uh, a, I remember yeah. that conversation it was I was blown over by that because we were in the we were in the very early stages of making this show and I think I said to the company I've never met anybody that's gone to boarding school I I, I have no relationship to it and three people in the room had been to boarding school for quite different reasons um, one was had been brought up internationally um, her parents um, another her parents had been in the army and a third had gone to a performing arts boarding school but I was I was so surprised I was so surprised so I was with you at that I was thinking gosh I didn't I didn't even guess that these people had been to boarding school because it seemed so normal <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's true, and it sounded in every every girl's speech, it sounded like a very important experience. And yes, and, and none of the three people in that company found it a negative experience, which surprised me because I can't think of anything worse than being taken away from your from your home from your home and your parents. But they they sort of taught us that there were some good things about it as well and you played Irene Dupont as we changed your name to who was the girl um slightly scatty and <laughs> obsessed with music and like you say you had a real um affinity with this character from the start talk to me about that well it's funny because when I read you know when you read the script for the first time you just look for your name <laughs> well you you read the thing but then you're like oh this is me so you read it a few times and so I was reading the text and I was like, oh, okay. So she's really in her own thing. Because she's she's always a bit behind, you know, like got the rhythm. Everyone goes in the same rhythm and there's this little one a bit behind and a bit behind. And, and then I thought, well, that's a bit who I am anyway because of, of the Swiss and French brain that comes first before the English and before all the other languages. So I kind of liked it because I think when you did put the laugh or my reactions to other people's joke, 
it would have been the perfect timing anyway because uh, I wouldn't have been able to do it naturally <laughs> faster so I, I really liked that the rhythm and I like the the freedom as well of um, Irene kind of all, always being there not really talking a lot which was fine with me completely fine with me but more into her, her music and the observation of the world around her um, until she she kind of like comes in the end with a little bit of a um, certain uh, how do you say that it, uh, assurance um, assurance yeah assurance yes 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 but she's got the journey to to get there of observing and living with the other kids and I really like this as well she I love I mean I loved what you did with her um it was a character that I I didn't quite know what I thought of which is one of the beauties of casting and making a show is that when you place the actor with the character you suddenly you go now I get who this person is because she she is she's slightly um different isn't she you know she's very much lost in her own world um which you can be and I think that is certainly a thing with a second language there's times when you retreat to music or you're going upside down for a while yes <laughs> um but, but also like you say the bit in the play that you're talking about which is one of my favorite moments in the play is when Irene speaks very passionately you, you say to a very bossy character you're putting noise in my head and um you'll have to correct me on the line but don't you say um if you I will, if you don't stop bossing me about, I'll have to lock you in a room and play you Mozart until you understand beauty and freedom. And I always, it was the moment there, even on the, you know, the most stressful days of putting a show together, I would cry at that line because, and you said it with such truth and such passion. And I thought, yes, that's my Mirabelle as well, my revolutionary girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do fight for truth and beauty and artistry yeah I'm, I'm trying to I think yeah <laughs> let's have a, another oh. snippet of um, you singing this is the beautiful moment Hush Now Sally which is right after that moment when Irene is calming down Sally telling her to loosen her grip to stop trying to control and to let art bubble through Hush
Hush Now Sally from Mallory Towers. Music by Ian Ross, lyrics by Emma Rice, and you're yeah. the company of Mallory Towers, the original company, singing behind Mirabelle. Oh, and um, I, it's made me sad because, of course, that's what we were doing when all this happened, when lockdown happened. We'd got to the final run-through in the rehearsal room, which is my personal favourite moment of the process. I love it. It's before I have to give the show away. It's all mine. Um, and I think it might I think without knowing it I think I really wanted to get to that moment I wanted the show to be finished spiritually so that because I truly believed and still believe that we'll return to it I didn't want to not get to that final run but it was so magic and and unforgettable because we could feel history closing in on us you could feel the time it was like the marching being surrounded by something that was inescapable and in fact it was that afternoon that we we sent everybody home um but i was particularly worried about you because i didn't know where your home was i didn't know whether you wanted to be in england could be in england wanted to be in switzerland or indeed could get to switzerland so what happened in the next few hours days um well, at first, because everything was so uh, shocking, you know, because in, in the lovely Lake District, we were in the little bubble and so no one really understood what the what the COVID-19 was. Um, I kind of thought that I might want to stay in the Lake District for a while um, to enjoy the mountains and the lakes and the beautiful place because because it, it's one of the most beautiful places I've been to. And I was quite positive about this, but then I realized that I might not be able to stay in the Lake District for six months if that was what was coming, because no one, again, no one knew. So I called the embassy of Switzerland in London, my little Swiss friends, and they told me, you have to, you have to take a plane as soon as you can, because we don't even know if there are going to be other planes. So that's what I did. I stayed for a week uh, in Keswick and then just took a plane and went back home. And it was the day, it was on my birthday, actually. I was in the <laughs> the airport on my own with two meters distance from everyone and arrived in Switzerland back home and couldn't even say hi to the family because I had to keep the distance. And yeah, it was a bit not the funniest birthday I had, but it was okay. And I'm very glad I... I took the decision to go home because being just close to friends and, and family in my hometown, there's no better feeling. And because I, I lived in London and then in, in another part of Switzerland for a few years, uh, it's been a long time since I haven't been able to stay as close to family and friends. And it's a very basic sensation. Um, it, it, it's that's what makes me happy and I sometimes I forgot because I was in my working mood all the time and um, yeah this lockdown is good for that well I'm really pleased you made it home I'm really and you found home again it's been good for a lot of us to reconnect in some ways us nomadic theatre types yeah apart from I miss it all I'm ready to go back now please (laughs) (laughs) and what's your next record choice and why oh uh it's the Marvin Gaye song, yes, Got to Give It Up. Uh, that's, well, it takes us a bit back, but I think that reminds me of the reha- the first rehearsal weeks with the wise children in Bristol. We were rehearsing in this beautiful, um, uh, what's the name? 
the garden court. Ashton Court, that's it, that's it. Um, in this lovely house. Uh, and I, I was listening to this song almost every morning because that's exactly what my feeling was because it was the first time I had a contract where I was just so excited that I couldn't really sleep. Um, and so this song is a song that I love because I always, I always dance when I hear it. And I, I just think Marvin Gaye is a genius, but it reminds me of the first weeks of rehearsal with this amazing cast and this amazing show and everything was like, oh, I made it. My dream has finally come true after all these years of uh, research and what do I want to do? Why did I choose this profession? And it suddenly all made sense. And so I was dancing. <laughs>
fantastic choice there. We're all dancing to Marvin Gaye. Oh, Mirabelle, I think what you just said that it all makes sense is just true. I felt that the minute you walked in and, you know, getting to know you as a woman and as a theatre maker, I think you truly understand what it is to find a theatre family and to be part of an ensemble. And I see that and feel that and feel really grateful that we've landed in each other's lives. So before I say goodbye, can I say thank you? Thank you for your warmth and your strength and your ability to walk on your hands, <laughs> which never ceases to delight me. Um, for your work ethic and your ensemble spirit, for your true artistic soul, thank you to your grandmother for realising it and nurturing it and having a voice like no other. I love your enthusiasm and I'm delighted by the fact that you couldn't sleep before rehearsals because I'm still like that. I still can't sleep because it feels like it's Christmas the next day and, you know, we understand each other. So for my original wise child, I'm going to play you out with the original Mr. Sandman because you are a dream. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Mr. Sandman. you'd like to share on tea and biscuits leave us a message on our phone line 0117 318 3846 that's 0117 318 3846 keep checking our social media for details of our next show tea and biscuits is part of wise children's lockdown thanks for hanging out with us bye <laughs>